Thank you for listening, and welcome to part two of our NFL Mock Draft 2019 here on the World of Sports podcast and radio show. Zach Rubenstein, Dylan Backus, Larry Lindblom, Charlie Smith here. Uh, if you didn't met, if you didn't catch the first part, click back out of this video uh, and go listen to the first part. If you're here for a specific team, um, this they will all be linked in the description of the video. Um, so, we had our first 10 picks. I'm going to quickly run through who they were. The Arizona Cardinals were one. They picked Nick Bosa. San Francisco Niners were two. They picked Quinn Williams. Uh, Jets were three. They picked Josh Allen. Oakland Raiders were four. Picked Kyler Murray. Tampa Bay Bucks were five. Picked Devin White. Giants were six. Picked Dwayne Haskins. Jaguars, seven. Picked TJ Hawkinson. Detroit Lions, eight. Pick Ed Oliver, Buffalo Bills 9, pick Jonah Williams, Denver Broncos 10, pick Drew Locke, and now we are at the 11th pick. If you don't know how this is working, if you're listening for the first time for your team, maybe you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan um, who pick 11, all three of these guys are going to be giving their picks. Charlie's going to focus on the stats side, Dylan's going to focus on the personnel side, Larry's going to focus on the ranking side, I will be the the GM, quote-unquote, and... We will go from there. I'll make my picks. Sometimes I've thrown them off so far. Sometimes I've gone exactly what they think. So, uh, now to get underway, we will start with the Cincinnati Bengals. <coughs> they are pick number 11. So, um, Larry, would you like to kick us off? Yes. Uh, at number 11, I have the Bengals taking Devin Bush. Uh, he's a little undersized at the linebacker position, but his instincts, uh, his athleticism are off the charts. Uh, he's done very well in uh, zone pass coverage. Uh, the Bengals need to start uh, filling in some holes here on their defense, and I think Bush uh, at the linebacker position uh, fills that need for them. Uh, he's a three-down linebacker, uh, so he'll be on the field for them a lot. And I feel he's the best choice for them here at 11. Dylan. Um, so I also have him taking Bush. Um, they need to get more athletic in the linebacking court, period. They lost perfect this summer. Um, and I think that this is just a great player. I personally would be surprised if he comes, goes out of the top. This is a guy who has the potential to be one of your leaders for the next 15 years on your defensive line or defensive core, uh, linebacking core. So I, I think that's the pick. Charlie. When I think of Devin Bush, I immediately think of a physical player. He has basically no red flags besides his size, but we've learned from the past drafts that size isn't a big issue when it comes to linebackers. Roquan Smith proved he can be a very good linebacker with his small size. Devin Bush is great at his gap shooting ability, and he puts up the stats too. He had four and a half sacks last year as a middle linebacker, 8.5 tackles for loss two, and 66 total tackles. The Bengals' number one need, I think, for this offseason was supposed to be to get tacklers. And all they got back was Preston Brown, basically. Devin Bush is the pick. All right. Um, all right, so we are going to – we're, we're this, is, this pick is easy. As a GM, uh, Devin Bush is a need – I've said this before. The easiest pick is the pick that fills your need, that it has the best player on the board, that is the best fit for your team. That is Devin Bush. So, with the 11th pick, the Cincinnati Bengals will pick Devin Bush if he falls, happens to fall to them. Um, so, 
And so moving right along, the 12th pick is now up. Um, that will be taken by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Dylan, you want to lead us off? Um, so I, th- I think that we need to give Aaron Rodgers more weapons. Um, I think that guard play would help. Uh, we did get banged up a lot in the guards this year, but I don't see any guard worth taking at the moment now that Jonah Williams is gone, and I think that our tackles are pretty set. So I have us taking DK Metcalf. Uh, <laughs> little early, but this guy has the potential to be an absolute star. But even if he can't, this is one of the fastest players in the draft. And I'm pretty sure he's, what, 6'3", if I got that right. Um, just straight athletic guy who could take the top off of a defense, which will allow Devontae Adams and other receivers to get some more targets, more open. Um, it'll, it'll make safeties watch him. Uh, even if he can't learn to expand his route tree, which is what he really needs to do, just having him run straight is enough to make safeties kind of forget about Devontae Adams a little bit and allows Aaron Rodgers to do more, you know, of his kind of scramble play where it allows him to kind of create more when the safety isn't as close to the line of scrimmage. Um, Charlie. Here I have the Packers taking Rashawn Gary to replace the, the injured and now off the team, Mohamed Wilkerson. I know they just signed two pass rushers, but I view Gary as more of an actual defensive lineman in their fourth, in their three-four defense. And Gary is very, very strong, and he's great with his hand techniques. Last year, his numbers weren't amazing. He had nine nine games and three point five sacks, and he's never had a year with over five point five sacks. He has shown the traits <coughs> to become a star, though, and I really do think if the Packers have the opportunity to take Gary, he will be taken at twelve. Um, Larry. Well, in free agency, the Packers did something they don't do. They spent money, and they spent it on their defense. So I feel here in the draft, at least in this first round, they're going to give Aaron Rodgers a new weapon. Uh, Dylan mentioned this previously. Uh, They could use someone to take the top off. However, he chose the wrong person for that job. The ideal man to take the top off a defense is Marquise Brown. He's a Deshaun Jackson clone. He attacks the ball at the point, uh, the highest point. He's fast. He's uh, shown the ability to break off his routes, which will help when Rodgers does his scrambling. Uh, he blows past uh, corners on a consistent basis. Uh, even when they leave him a cushion, he eats it up. Uh, he's a little undersized at 5'9", uh, 166. But he plays bigger than uh, his actual size. So, and he's a, he's a very polished receiver and a threat all over the field. You could throw him in the slot, and I feel he's an ideal partner to Devontae Adams in that offense. All right. Um, we have a list, by the way, of all of our picks so we can keep talking of it. I like how Hollywood Brown is the, uh, the pick for Larry here. Um. I think that the Packers have had enough uh, <coughs> drama this offseason with the comments surrounding Aaron Rodgers and his leadership and McCarthy's leadership on his way out. I have a feeling Hollywood Brown will not necessarily bring the best uh, situation to the team. I have a feeling they'll go DJ, DK Metcalf also. Everyone seems to like him. He obviously is a pretty good receiver. And I... I and I don't think he brings... I think Hollywood Brown will bring problems. Well, I guess we're going to call him Hollywood Brown now. 
That's his name. Eh. His name's Hollywood. I mean, if you want to call him by his nickname, I mean, we're not going... It's not, it's not very professional, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, I think DJ Metcalf is the... He'll be a more true professional player, and he'll have less issues around him, and this team needs something that isn't going to be a big problem. And so I actually think that this will be the clear pick. The only issue with DK is he seems to be kind of just a one-tool guy. He, yeah, he seems very much like an athlete they need that him. plays football, they, they not a football player who's an athlete. We've already heard an NFL exec has compared him to Kevin White, and as a Bears fan, I would <laughs> love the Packers to pick DK Metcalf in this scenario. Now, the, the Packers have already done this with Ty Montgomery, where they made it, they took just an athlete from a from one position and moved him to another. I have a feeling that that's he, different, though. Ty Montgomery played running back in high school, and he was a much, yeah. much, much later yeah, I'm pick not a too. Huge and a, a six, a six three. Well, you running you back. Well, 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 yeah. I want to I make my argument because yes, I'm not a huge back half fan either. I think he has a ton of upside because of his athleticism, but I'm not a huge fan. But I don't think that there's a better pick here. I'm not a fan of Hollywood Brown whatsoever. I'm, that guy I'm has a painfully small I'm frame. I'm injury prone I, too. You don't want someone who with such a small frame to be injury prone coming into the NFL. And I, I just don't think he has it. And he, he's very inconsistent with his deep ball adjustments, which is what you want to see out of him. Um, and honestly, their defensive line's pretty stacked now. Uh, Daniels had a really good season last year. He's and just, just injury prone is the issue. Very injury prone. I do agree. Kenny Clark's great. Well, Nothing. they just signed Darius Smith, who they're going to use as a defensive end, not a linebacker. They are going to use him at the end? Yeah. All right. So yeah, My whole issue gotta, with Metcalf is drafting athletes, in the, especially in at this point in the first round, going after just drafting an athlete is a concern for me. All right. I, I think I'm going to go with it. I think the Packers might. The Packers need something. They're, they're, they're kind of falling off the edge here. And I think Metcalf is going to be the guy that – I think Metcalf will go in and he will be the athlete that they need. And if they need him to do something else – you gotta believe NFL coaches can teach. I agree. And he's young. So now the one second. Now the thirteenth pick in the Miami Dolphins. Um they we will start off with <coughs> Dylan. Dylan's looks like he's ready to go. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> I was not, but I'm ready to go anyways. <laughs> um I think the obvious need for the Dolphins is a pass rusher. They, they've tried to rebuild their defensive line, and they haven't really done as successful after losing Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn. Um, they especially don't have a pass rush for the interior, but this is a perfect situation for them. Uh, we have Sweat and uh, we have Rashawn Gary and Sweat here, both, and they get to pick their best one. I think Sweat's a perfect fit. I also think he's the better player personally. But as of all the reasons I said in the previous podcast, um, I think this guy has the potential to be one of the best players in this draft. 4-4-1, 40 time, faster than Saquon, oh, 0.01 se- seconds slower than Saquon, faster than Khalil Mack and uh, Von Miller, and with his long strides, you'll see that in the game. Um, he, he does have that heart condition, which I think is the reason why he might not be a top 10 pick, but it's shown not to be a big deal. It's, it's there. There's no doubt that it will always be there. But so far, he has not even missed a snap in practice, let alone a game time, because of that hurt. And it's not as bad as what we saw Hurst, because Hurst had to miss the combine once it got discovered. He didn't have to do that. So I think the pick here is Sweat. Um, all right, Larry. Uh, I go here with the slightly safer option with Gary off the edge. Uh, my problem with taking someone in the first round with a heart condition 
is it's it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. Uh, it's like the situation I kind of compare it to a lot of times is I believe it was Channing Fry who had the enlarged heart mm-hmm. uh, and had to sit out for a year in the NBA. Uh, heart conditions can progress and become worse, and when they get to a point where you have to stop playing, you can end your careers, a lot like with uh, Chris Bosh. Uh, I have them going Gary here. Gary, athletically, is an absolute monster off the edge. Uh, he flashes a lot of power uh, uh, against tight ends. Uh, when they try and block him, he bull rushes straight through them. Uh, his problem is sometimes uh, in run defense, he can kind of he doesn't really look for the ball so much as he's trying to beat up his tackle or his uh, either tackle or tight end covering him. Uh, but here I feel he's the best option for the Dolphins. So I go on a little bit different area because they definitely have glaring needs on the defensive line. I think it's more important at the moment to get as good of an offensive line as you can before you draft your future quarterback, which most likely will end up being the number one pick, Tua, next year. Currently, looking at their offensive line, there are three guys that I've never heard of, and I know close to every player that's a starter, as I, I, I think I do at least, and there's three guys I've just never heard of. Sam Young, Jesse Davis, and Isaac Asiata. I think you got to go Juwan Taylor here. The fact that Juwan Taylor even falls to 13 is a steal for the mm-hmm. Dolphins, in my opinion. I, I just don't see any way they don't pick him, even though they definitely need pass rush, too. The GM has also come out and said they will be addressing the offensive line in the first two rounds. Uh, but where do you see him playing? Do you see them moving Laramie Tunzel inside? I see Juwan Taylor's right tackle right now. You see now. the... Okay. No, I see that. I think just like <coughs> how if he went to the Jaguars, he'd play right tackle, too. True, true. So... From Miami's perspective, they've, they've taken a lot of offensive linemen with their first-round picks for the last decade or so. It's happened quite a lot. It yeah, may have happened even before that. I would like to point out, I do agree, their right tackle has never played an NFL snap. Is their starting right tackle as of right now? So, Oof. the question, I guess, in my mind... to upgrade now. Free yeah. agency is basically done. So, is he, he's done. not a rookie. He was an undrafted rookie in 2016. Uh, So I guess I guess if you really it sounds like (laughs) that bodes well. I I guess it sounds like they need Juwan Taylor. (laughs) I I I mean I would assume I'm shocked that Rashawn Gary filler pieces on the defense. That's just yeah. I think I'm going to go with Juwan Taylor on this just because of what Dylan just said. Uh, Who would have guessed that? Yeah, I would have sabotaged my own pick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who would Who would have? Who would have guessed that they have a guy starting who doesn't know how to play? I'll also like to point out that their backup right tackle is actually a right guard who's never taken an NFL snap before. All right, so they and need to go. also an undrafted free agent from a different team. <laughs> so maybe maybe oh their GM God. meant they'll take a, an offensive lineman in the first two rounds. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That is what he meant. So, all right, so the pick is going to be Juwan Taylor out of pure, it sounds like near desperation. Mm-hmm. For a team that doesn't have one. Well, they must be super excited then that Jawan Taylor dropped because there's right. a chance so, he's not there. So, all right. So, to 14, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and, Charlie, you sound like you are ready to go first. I think if the Dolphins weren't to take Jawan Taylor, the Falcons would 100% jump on the opportunity to replace their right tackle and because Juwan Taylor is off the board, I think they go Andre Dillard from Washington State. He fills the need. They, they, they just have the right tackle issue. 
they definitely have a pass rusher issue too, and Montez Sweat might be the best player available, but you got to protect Matt Ryan at all costs because one injury could end his career at this point in his career. Dylan. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, I honestly don't think Vic Beasley's going to be there next year. Simple as that. I don't think they're very happy with his consistency. He had that one amazing season, but I don't think that they're really happy with his production since. I'm going to go with Sean Gary. I think that he fits. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they run a 4-3. They do run a 4-3. They do. And so, he can fit on the inside or outside. Yeah, I think that he's a great fit as a 4-3 defensive end, personally. That's why I think Sweat's a better player, but I don't think Sweat is that 4-3 DM, personally. I think, even though I can see that he does have the upside to be able to do that, I think that Rashawn Gary's more of the DM. So I think that they go there. They also really like uh, Christian Wil- Wilkins. And they love him because of his high character, so I can easily see that being the pick as well. But I don't think that they expected Rashawn Gary to drop this far. So I think that they get their eventual Vic Beasley replacement. Uh, Larry? I have Christian Wilkins falling here. Uh, Grady Jarrett needs a running mate on the inside in that uh, 4-3. So I feel that they're going to go with Wilkins at this position. Uh, He's got great size at 6'3", 3'15". And Clemson has slowly not only become the university of the wide receiver, but of also the defensive lineman. Uh, they've had a lot of guys come out over the last couple of years that have been very good in the NFL. Uh, he's been disruptive at Clemson on the line throughout his career. Uh, against the pass, he's quick feet and hands, uh, so he routinely wins uh, on the down. Uh, he's best when slanting and working through the edge, edges on blockers. He's not a powerful bull rusher, uh, but I feel like here for the Falcons, this is their best fit at this position. All right. Uh, I think that from what I have seen in about every mock draft, except for the current one we are putting together, Rashawn Gary is a top eight pick. The only issue is, and this came out today, that he has a torn labrum, which probably won't affect his long-term career. I, yeah, it will yeah. just affect possibly I, I don't his think, training camp. I, I think he'll... Yeah, I don't think well, it'll labrums, affect. though, are kind of sensitive, though, especially for defensive linemen. But we're talking and, about an NFL training staff. You should be able to help a guy yeah, with a seen. I'm going to switch that a little bit, and I'm going to switch it to basketball. The Sixers have the worst training staff because their rookie gets injured every single year, and you'd feel like something would be able to get fixed <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> and we've true. seen labrums in several sports that curtail careers. Dwight Howard's the best example of that. But well, I think that's why you, and he does drop, though. This guy was supposed to be a top six, top seven yeah, player I, I, in a lot of mock drafts. I, I, the question is, how far will he fall? And I don't think he's going to fall past the Falcons. I think they have to take him. He's there. He's a good player. If they can fix the labrum, they, they have, you know, a guy that is an instant uh, piece that can plug in and just do, do whatever they need. If he, he can play all over, you guys said, <laughs> uh, I have a feeling Rashawn Gary, if, the, if he falls to the Falcons, they will gladly accept him. I think the only way that he actually gets taken is if they do end up getting rid of Vic Beasley, which could very well happen on draft day. True. Or right. they could just cut him. They, this might also be a pick we see traded. Yeah, I do uh, the think Falcons might trade up. If Ed Oliver is available at pick eight, I do think the Falcons will trade up. And if they really are in love with Christian Wilkins, I could see them trade down too. Now, we are not doing trades. Um, if you're listening to this as, as, as the first one you listen to, we aren't doing trades, but this could be a pick that is traded. 
So, now we are on to the next pick. That would be 15. The Washington Redskins. Dylan has put his finger up to, <coughs> ask, to ask me to call on him. Dylan, you can... What? Haskins hasn't been taken yet. Yes. 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 All right. All right. Dylan, you don't want to put the finger down. You want to? Yeah, no, I'll you? still go. All right. For we'll some go reason, Dylan thought Haskins was still on the board. I thought he dropped perfectly no. in the Redskins lap. Um, they still have a lot of other needs. Everyone knows that they're probably going to take a quarterback. Um, something that was talked about early in the show was Daniel Jones. Um, very good player. I think that he's a good fit here. I think Case Keenum is the perfect mentor for whoever comes in, whoever they do take. Um. And I honestly like Daniel Jones more than most quarterbacks in this draft, personally. I actually think he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. So I'm going to have them take Daniel Jones. Uh, Charlie? Uh, I also have Daniel Jones. I think he is almost as much of a replica as Eli Manning as you could possibly get. That's why I had him going to the Giants so early. But he falls <laughs> to the Redskins. I don't see any way they don't take Daniel Jones because of this Alex Smith injury. Larry. Yeah, Alex Smith could very well have played his last snap in the NFL. Uh, the Joe Theismann injury on the anniversary of Joe Theismann's injury. And he was there at the game. And Joe Theismann was there. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, Daniel Jones is definitely going here. He could very well end up being the best quarterback in this draft class. He throws a very nice ball. He's got great size. And I, uh, Case Keenum is very much just a stopgap. So they're going to be looking to lock up that quarterback position and hopefully find their guy in Daniel Jones. All right. I believe they will also take Daniel Jones, so he will be coming off our board, but for a different reason. Uh, if anyone remembers, here at least, in 2016, I believe, the Kansas City Chiefs picked a guy out of Texas Tech, maybe 2017? 2017. 2017. <sighs> Please don't make that comparison. No, don't make that comparison. I'm going to make it anyway. I'm, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to stop you real quick yeah. and say Patrick Mahomes was the biggest risk, biggest reward quarterback. Okay, well, Daniel yes. Jones might have the highest floor out of all of these Well, anyway, <laughs> the, the, in the 2017 draft, the Kansas City Chiefs selected 10th overall, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Sat going with he sat behind, the rest of us. He sat behind now. for a year, a man by the name of Alex Smith. And what ended up happening is... Whether or not you want to give Alex Smith the credit, Mahomes became maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. But so here's the difference: he's not sitting behind Alex Smith. He is still he is sitting with Alex Smith. Alex Smith would be anywhere I, near I the sideline. I, I don't think Mahomes. Yeah, I don't think Mahomes anywhere. learned necessarily a ton about on the field play from watching Alex Smith play. I think he learned it outside of the field, and so I think that Daniel Jones will do the same with Alex Smith off the field. And he has Case Keenum to, to help him out through the middle. I That's would, my hobby. I would argue, though, that Mahomes, the vast majority of his knowledge did not come from Alex Smith. It came from his head coach, Andy Reid. And I, I, there is, there I is not him. an Andy Reid in Washington right now. They do not have that type Listen, of coach at all. I'd love to give Matt Nagy as much credit, too. Whether or not you consider uh, it causation. Uh, his first what, offense. Uh, whether or not uh, correlation and causation are the same. Whether or not you believe that, I'm still going to stick by my pick. And we are going to move. Well, it's the same pick. It's the same, same pick, pick, but for the Your reasoning reason. is <laughs> yeah. a little out there. <laughs> it's fine. We'll move it's on. So a now we are going to move to the 16th pick in the Carolina Panthers. And uh, we are going to start off with, wow, none of you seem to be ready for this one. Uh, the boards are moving, man. The boards are moving. <laughs> the 16th pick, Carolina. Go, Dylan. 
Um, so I can see two offensive linemen taken here. Um, I do really like uh, Bradbury, but I, for the sake of this, I'm going to say that they take Andre Dillard. I think that he's the better player, but I also think that they need a major hole at right tackle. Um, they don't. The right tackle last year performed not very well. Um, he was a fourth round pick a few years back. Um, I think they could use an upgrade in that position. Now, my one concern is that I do see Andrew Dillard as more of a left tackle. He played that in college, and I, you can switch, you know, sides. But like, I think he is much more of a left tackle. But he's an intelligent, high character pl- type of player, and I think he's going to fit really well in Carolina. All right, Larry, you found something right at the last second. Well, I have. The thing I found at the last second was the exact same thing that Dylan found. Uh, I like Bradbury here as well, but I do believe Dillard is the best option here. Uh, He provides a pass protection that uh, Cam kind of needs at this point in his career. Uh, He's a pure pass protector uh, at left tackle, so moving him at right tackle might be a little questionable off off the bat. But I feel like he's the best fit here and the best option for Carolina at this number. Rather. Um, okay, Charlie. So before I say who I think they should pick, I have a few questions for you guys. Because one, their current left tackle, Taylor Moten, played extremely well last year. That's oh, yeah. why he's the yeah. left tackle. And then their right tackle, Daryl Williams, they just signed on a one-year deal. Who's, <coughs> I'd say he's a pretty good right tackle. He was injured last year, wasn't he? He was injured last year. And I just don't know if I'm in love with their backups personally. They don't have backups either. I do. Yeah. I agree with that. So the thing with Dillard is he's going to sit out a year, and then you're going to let Williams walk and get that compensatory pick. But my, here's my concern. I think that their left guard, if I can look it up for sure. Greg Van Roten. It was he's not very horrible good. last year. Like, he's not, not very just good. very good, like horrible. But the thing is, I I think that a Bradbury is more of a center, and I, I don't yeah. see that too. And, and the, there's nobody else. There's on the no real guard. Yeah, but the also the, their starting center is not someone who you can move to guard. I'm pretty sure he's played center his whole yeah. career Paratus, too. Yeah, and so it's a tough situation. And I think that at the end of the day, they won't be upset with the depth at tackle. Oh, I definitely agree, and I think they wouldn't be angry at, at all with having Dillard sit a year. But I think Montez sweats the right choice here because they have to start Bruce Irvin this year. Yeah. Bruce Irvin's not a guy you want to have starting. You want him as your third pass rusher, maybe fourth. At, like If you had him as your fourth pass rusher, that would be amazing. You put Sweat as a, the defensive <coughs> end on this team. It doesn't fix their defensive issues because Keekley has hurt every other game it sees, and their secondary is a little bit suspect. Yeah. So And I don't see any quarter, cornerback being taken here. My guy's Montez Sweat because he is probably the fastest edge rusher with the 4-4-1 uh, combine time, or the 40 time, and he's super lengthy. Yes. He is the perfect guy just to go out of tackle, is my, in my opinion. It just do you, do you see him able to put his hand on the ground and pass rush that way? I don't know if he necessarily has to do that is the thing, though. They do like to run a 4-3. They do run a 4-3, I do agree, but it's just... Bruce Irvin, I don't see him as the guy that really puts his hand on. I Either. know he True. does. True. And like Khalil Mack's the same way. Yeah. He won't, he was all pro at defensive end and offensive te- and, and outside linebacker. But he doesn't really put his hand into the ground. He does True. it just occasionally. True. They um, also do run a 3-4, though. Oh, they do? The Bears run a 3-4. Oh, the Bears, yeah. No, well, the, but the Carolina runs a 4-3. Carolina runs a 4-3, yes. Sorry right. about that. All right. I am going to be in agreement with Andre Dillard for this pick. This is not a bad pick at all. Um, I think that when it comes to offensive linemen, 
you always need a good one. And if you don't have a, if you if you're not, you know, if you don't have a level of the best offensive line in the league, then you can oh you can always justify with me taking another offensive lineman. And so I have a feeling that Andre Dillard is the guy, just because Carolina it sounded like needed an upgrade, and in the future, in the future, and it doesn't ever. I, I'm a proponent of sitting players for a year, your rookies, giving them a chance to learn, giving them a chance to get in the right shape uh, for the NFL because the NFL is different than college. You need a different shape. Be in different shapes. So I'm a fan of it. So I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Andre Dillard there. Now to the now moving on to the next pick. The again the New York Football Giants <laughs> uh, with the first pick or the, the first pick they made the sixth pick overall they picked Dwayne Haskins. Now they come up and at the 17th pick this pick originated from Cleveland uh, and was Cleveland. traded. In the, I believe it was traded in the Odell Beckham trade. The absolutely terrible Odell Beckham trade. Yep. But that was that trade. This is this one. This is this pick. Uh, who would like to start number one? Uh, start this. Dylan raises his hand first. Well, he will this, get 17. This, this is a very, very clear and obvious pick. They are absolutely celebrating in their war room in this. I think there would have been a trade, but since there isn't a trade, they're celebrating. Uh, Montez Sweat falls all the way to New York. Um, we've talked about how I personally think he might be a top five, six player in this draft. Yes, I know he has the heart concern, but they just moved to a 3-4, which is what I mentioned in the previous show. They need a pass rusher on the outside, and they get, in my opinion, a top five or six player. He's super fast, faster than Von Miller and Khalil Mack was, got the long strides, so he will play that fast. Uh, New York can't be more excited. All right, uh, Larry. Yeah, it's not rocket science here. I think everybody on the face of the earth knows that the Giants need uh, a quarterback and a uh, pass rusher. Uh, they addressed the quarterback with Haskins at six. I feel like uh, this is probably as fall as sweat will fall. Uh, there is the heart concern, but outside of that, physically, he's a fantastic prospect, and I think he definitely addresses that hole that was left uh, by Vernon leaving. I don't even need to say anything. You guys said everything. Montez Sweat is the pick. Um... All right, I am also going to agree. Uh, the New York Football Giants, I believe they signed a they they signed they signed a Arizona Cardinal, who I'm blanking on his name. Marcus at the Golden. They signed Marcus Golden. That was Oakland. No, no, he's on the Giants. He's on the Giants. What? We lost Golden. Yeah. <laughs> you did not know that. No. Oh, that was oh. news. I swore that was. Yeah, we lost. Oh, now Golden. we definitely need Bosa. Uh, you thankfully you picked him. Uh, <laughs> My, yeah, I, I think they. When, the I, I don't know how good Marcus Golden will be in New York. There were some questions last year with him in Arizona, and, if, and he can't be the guy. It has to be Montez Sweat. There just can't be no one else. It has to be. It has. They have to at least try with a rookie. Even if Montez Sweat gets drafted, they could just put Golden on the other side. Yeah, yeah I, I think exactly. Yeah. I think Golden linebacker in general. I, I still, I think it just I think has Golden to will be. Great. And also, you have to remember who's the current uh, defensive coordinator in New York. Who is the current? It's the, um, it's the Cardinals' former uh, James Betcher. Yeah, James Betcher, <laughs> former <laughs> Cardinals really, yeah. uh, wow. defensive coordinator. He hasn't so, been that good there yet, though. Well, he, he no hasn't. Talent, they've though. been yeah. they've been moving well, to that three switched, four. Yeah, they just moved to that three four. Yeah. He, he was playing a he different was, formation, and he's young, so he didn't really have experience yeah. playing different things. So I think he will be a lot better next year. That's why I actually think Marcus Golden's gonna be great next year. I, I think he's going to be actually really underrated. I would watch out for Marcus Golden. Um, well, okay, so we are all in agreement on that one. 
So, now the 18th pick, and the first time we've mentioned this team tonight, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah, don't you know there. So, um, so, Charlie, you are ready to go on this one. Just like how I said the Buccaneers, Devin White's a bad kept secret. That's who I think they're picking. It sounds like the Vikings are all in for Cody Ford. They, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins in general, but they have to do everything they can to protect him. They gave him $84 million or something like that. And at this point, I'll guarantee. Roll with it. You got to just assume the guy's going to be good, even if he hasn't done anything. So I think they got to go Cody Ford because he can play both tackle and guard, which is really, really versatile, perfect for them because they have so many holes in the offensive line, too. But it, it just seems like Cody Ford's the perfect guy for them. Yeah, it's no secret. The uh, Vikings' biggest weakness has been their offensive line. Uh, and Cody Ford addresses uh, the tackle position. Uh, they can plug him in right away at right tackle, or they can, uh, if injuries occur, they can move him to left tackle. Uh, he's long, he's athletic, he's a 6'4 tackle. Uh, he's good in the run game. Um, he's more of a stalemate blocker on the front side than he is kind of getting out there in traffic. But I feel like this is going to be the surefire selection here for the Vikings. I actually have a different pick than you guys. Very exciting. Um, I think it's no <laughs> secret that they need a guard. Their left guard right now is an undrafted rookie who has never played an NFL snap. Um, not the first time we've heard that one. Not we? the first time, unfortunately. Um, but I think the, the pick is Garrett Bradbury. Um, I think that he's the better prospect. Uh, I think that he could be a very good center. And their center right now in the Vikings played guard in college. <laughs> in college. So I think that is a very seamless move to left guard for him. And I, I just think that Garrett Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury is the better overall player. So the one thing I just have to say about F-line, Elfine, I meant, he, even though he played gardens in college, uh, let me restart what I was saying. The Bears have Cody Whitehair, who played guard all in college, now as their center. And yep. they drafted James Daniel, who was a center, who is now the left guard, I'm pretty sure. So I don't really know how big of an issue it is if the fumbling, the bad snap issue isn't a big deal. If he has okay snaps, I don't know if it's that big of a deal to switch him. No, yeah, I, I hear you. I just think that Garrett Bradbury is more a, of a center. Oh, I get that, yeah. That's why is. I say, so I do agree that, like, he don't, I think he's a better center. Uh, their current center right now is a better center than a guard. But I think that he can move to guard, and I think Garrett Bradbury is the better overall player. Um I think that this is a complete round one player, and I'm still iffy on on Ford personally, so that's why I have that. Well, ESPN, or no, this is the NFL Network, describes Garrett Bradbury as a steady, reliable starter and a minimal risk pick. And yeah, so he just doesn't have a super high ceiling, and he's not the strongest player. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's undersized for a center. And Cody Ford is one of the strongest offensive linemen in the I draft. I guess it depends sure. on how important this pick is to get right. I would assume this pick is very important to get right. It always is. So The only issue with Ford is, and we don't even know if this will be a right flag, but he did break his fibula during his sophomore year. Yeah, yeah we've had to play a year since. We don't know if that's going to be a reoccurring but issue. But it didn't It didn't affect his stock last year. He had to play a year. He played three years in college. Uh, I'm going to go with Cody Ford. I think I, I think that the, the, the undersizedness, the small, undersizedness, jeez, <laughs> being some being too small in the NFL is something you can't fix. Everything else you pretty much can, and so if they need to work on Cody Ford, they can. 
But if Garrett Bradbury can't be fixed because he's too small, then he's you're you're in trouble. And your first round pick has to hit. If this was maybe the second round pick, I could I could see it. But first round picks got to hit. Cody Ford definitely has the higher upside, but Garrett Bradbury has a much higher higher floor. Much higher floor. Yeah. Ford's very 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 risky. Bradbury's probably already an NFL caliber guard, but Ford is has the ability to be all pro potential. I all agree. right. I agree. So, to the number 19th pick and the Tennessee Titans, uh, we are so we are now at the point of the draft. I think it kind of this is about the point, maybe even a little earlier than this. That you start to separate from just uh, we need something, we need somebody to now we need to address some positions. We may not take the best player because we need we need this position <laughs> filled more. Uh, and I just want to put that out there before we get to the Titans. Dylan, go ahead. I, I wasn't going to go first, but because you said that, I had to because I'm going the complete opposite direction with this individual pick, even though I do generally agree with what you said. I have them taking Jeffrey Simmons. Um, now, this is not... They, they've expressed a lot of interest in Jeffrey Simmons. Um, and this guy is a top 10 player, except for two problems. Uh, one, he tore his ACL, and so he will probably miss most of the season, if not all of it. And two, that pre-college he had an assault and that is a huge character concern and why he didn't go to a bigger college. Even though he had no problems in college, I really personally don't like that, and I think that is a huge red flag to teams, in addition to the fact that he won't miss the first year. But I think that gives him a time to adjust to being an adult, and that might end up being a benefit long-term. This guy has got an impressive rare combination of strength and athleticism. He can play anywhere on the D-line, <coughs> quick twitch snap re- uh, reaction. This is a top five or ten player if he doesn't have those two concerns. And I think that the Tennessee Titans are going to be willing to wait for him to try to get that potential. Uh, Charlie? I truly believe that if Simmons didn't tear his ACL and would have had as good of a combine as I'd imagine, he'd be in an Oakland Raiders uniform for the next year, fourth overall. But those all that stuff did happen. Yeah. So I the only reason why I don't have him going that high is because in a scenario where Lyle Collins maybe knew somebody that murdered somebody. He fell out of the draft, and he was first-round pick for sure. True. And Simmons won't fall out of the draft because he's obviously way too talented. I just don't have him going there. I have them picking Brian Burns from Florida State, who I'm surprised fell this far. True, me too. But I you can't didn't even mention his name yet. I, I was going to say, I don't, I, there are some mock drafts where I have him falling even farther, even though I do view him as a top 15, top 10 prospect. It's obviously... Positions come in hand or come in need, so they pick the positions over that. But Burns is just a he's just a strong dude. He's at six five. He's an amazing pass rusher. His only issue is he's six five and two hundred thirty one pounds. Yeah. That is not ideal. Well, he used to be a basketball player, so like he's just got oh, the basketball okay. body. Yeah. That's why he's got the long arms but thin frame. Larry. Yeah, uh, under no circumstances will I ever recommend taking a player in the first two rounds that has an assault charge or anything remotely like that on their record. So for that reason, Simmons is completely off my big board for those first couple rounds. Uh, I feel like the Titans, uh, they've got uh, Marcus Mariota as their quarterback, who is very injury-prone. Their backup quarterback now, I believe, is Ryan Tannehill, who is also very injury prone. <laughs> so because of that, I feel they need O-line help because they have to have uh, the ability to keep 
one of them standing up for more than eight games a season. So because of that, I feel like they're going to go uh, with Bradbury uh, off the board. He's a little undersized for the center position, but he's quick. He's got great awareness. Uh, he does occasionally in pass protection get pushed back by stronger uh, defensive uh, line players. But I feel like the Titans definitely need to protect their quarterbacks if they are going to continue with Mariota under center. Uh, my only concern with that is that their interior pa- offense line, though, is pretty good. I, their starting center was the 12th rated center last year, which isn't amazing, obviously, but that's, that's pretty solid. That's and the guards are good. Top half. It is top half. But they I feel like just signed Roger need... Saffold from the Rams. Yep. They do have a little bit of an issue at right guard. I'm not Kevin a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him, but. I mean, I just the fact that they signed Cameron Wake and he's arguably their best pass rusher to me makes me think, okay, they need a replacement. All right. So I happen to agree. I happen to disagree with Larry and agree with him, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I don't think – I think in the modern NFL, you have to be careful with the assault charge. There's kind of the, the – the, the line that we've started to see is if there's a video, you're in trouble. If there's no video, you can at least help yourself out. Um, Jeffrey Simmons did it in high school. He didn't do it in college. He proved that he is not an off-the-field concern anymore, though we may have to address some of that. Um, I have a feeling that, again, I mentioned this about offensive line. You sometimes just need an offensive lineman. I have a feeling Garrett Bradbury's here. Also, I would also want to question how many offensive linemen are left to pick. Like, if, the, if Garrett Bradbury goes here, how many wh- – where's the next guy rank? Is he even a first-round pick? I have at least three more. Remaining. You have at least three more because uh, I've looked. I'm going through. Actually, actually, yeah, I'm McCoy. In, I'm including Bradbury in that. So okay, I so not including Bad. Not including Bradbury. Bradbury. I have two more remaining, and then you have guys like Caleb McGarry, Dalton Rice, yeah, I have Titus a feeling, Howard. I have a feeling you need Garrett Bradbury. I just mentioned he was a safe pick. He's a safe pick. I, I, agree. I think you need. You need you, again. There's you can never have too many good offensive linemen on your team. I just don't see a scenario where he plays. Again, I, I also Unless don't think. Injuries. I, I don't know that. First off, there will there will be injuries. That happens every every team every year. Yeah. I have a feeling that even the if they football gods are very fickle, I have a feeling that that they need they will be able to use them. My one issue with that is he's going to be facing up against twice a year the JJ Watts, the Jadavian Clowney. What better way to learn than to fail your first year? But what if he continues to fail because of that? He's you also know, gonna have to face against the they, Darius. We're talking about Yannick a first round. We're talking about a first round pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, this guy should be able to at least hold his own. I, I know that. I know Eric that those Flowers are, was a first round pick. He was a top ten pick. Not every. Not everyone's perfect, but you have to when you're doing your research. Perfect. He considering that people could think he is this good. He, I, I have to believe that they believe he's going to hold his own. You think you make a good I point? I think he is, again, as I said earlier, he is probably <coughs> has the highest floor out of all the offensive linemen, maybe besides Jonah Williams. Yeah, I think he's just too, it's too safe of a pick. It's all a right. very safe pick. The it does throw off the rest of my draft, I will say. The 20th pick <laughs> is owned by the Pittsburgh Steelers. That doesn't throw mine off at all. No. I think the first cornerback comes off here. Byron Murphy is... Okay. Definitely who they're going to take if he's available. If Devin Bush somehow were to fall, they'd definitely take him. But they need so much cornerback help, they decided to go out and sign an old Joe Hayden. Joe <laughs> Hayden's not bad. He is not what Joe Hayden used to be, though. And they drafted Artie Burns, who is basically off the roster now. 
They need as much health. I remember I someone like being high yeah, on Artie Birds. I, I will. I like to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> I really liked Artie Birds in the draft, like very much. You I wanted the Cardinals like, to take him. You're disappointed I when he really went. I really wanted the Cardinals to take him. Like I'll admit that I really liked Artie Burns. It could okay. be the coordinator though. That's the thing. Uh, Probably not because he's pretty bad. Nah, he's been awful this year. <laughs> so you and your pick would be Dylan. Um, see, I, I had a little bit of a tough time too because I do think corners the move. Um, honestly, I I think I'm gonna go with the same pick. Um, I think that as much as I originally liked Greedy Williams, I don't know if this is the right fit for him. Um, I think Byron Murphy is better. <coughs> Generally. Especially in the system. Let me, I really like Greedy. I can tell you're torn, so let me just add something. I don't even have Greedy as a first-round guy. Yeah, oh, I don't really. either. I will be having Greedy as a first-round guy. There's no <laughs> doubt. I will say why I like him better. But for the Steelers-wise, I do think that I'm going to go with Byron Murphy. I like Murphy a lot better than I like Greedy Williams simply because Greedy Williams is a cornerback that actively avoids tackling. <laughs> and... <laughs> a defensive player's first job is to tackle. So if I'm if I'm going to be taking a cornerback here, I want one that's going to be able to, you know, tackle after the catch. Uh, that's why I'm going with Byron Murphy here. Uh, he's got average height. He's a little lean. Um, he lines up on the outside, which the Steelers definitely need. Um, he has excellent instincts and ball skills. He's very uh, fluid athletically. Um, however, there are concerns uh, about his deep speed and against the run. Uh, he is a little too aggressive at times, and he tends to dive in in places where he shouldn't rather than setting an edge. Uh, but I still feel Murphy is the better pick here for the Steelers. And I'd like to emphasize his ball skills again. I know yes. you said it. I, just, I think he's just elite at that, basically. Yeah. College elite at that. Um, I'm also going to go Byron Murphy here. He was on a really good in college. He played on a really good Washington team, um, and I think that that there you guys just mentioned skills that you either have or you don't. And and if Byron Murphy has them, and the Steelers need him, which they do, then he Very will just deadly. be a plug, a plug and play kind of player. And I think that's pretty easy um, for the Steelers. So that was pick twenty. That is the end of our part two. Please uh, go ahead and check out part three. We have 12 more picks to go. So thank you for listening to part two of the world of the 2019 NFL draft on the World of Sports podcast and radio show.